All righty then. Welcome back to the final half hour of uh, Really Live Green Rush, the business of cannabis talk show. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media and sometime host on this program. We're here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m., but we won't be here for the next few weeks. Our next Really Live show will be January 6th on Friday. Same bat time, same bat channel, and we will at that time, give out the results of our poll that were, this is the first time we've ever done a poll, and it is the top five news stories of 2022 in the cannabis industry. And you can go, I'm pretty sure now that we've released it, um, you should be able to find it on our website. You should be able to find it uh, on some of our LinkedIn page and all that neat stuff. And if you can't, before I leave the office tonight, I'll make sure that we've posted it in all those locations so you can uh, get involved with this, enter the contest, and maybe even win one of our limited edition t-shirts and uh, a gift card. Now, as I mentioned on the other side of the break, um, two gentlemen, one, uh, Miggy, you're out in Washington State, aren't you? Yes, sir. And you are you in the same neighborhood as Josh? Ah, we're like in why well, we used to be neighbors until I moved. <laughs> That's right. Mm. And and Thomas Howard is here as well. Cannabis Legalization News is his show every Sunday afternoon. Uh, Thomas, go ahead. Give yourself a plug on your Sunday afternoon show. Tune in on Sunday where we're going to be going over the top five news stories of cannabis in 2022. <laughs> That's right. The gang recycles your trash, guys. Sometimes you come on the podcast to do another podcast. But um, no, I mean, tune in. We, we have a great time and we go over the, the week in cannabis legalization uh, and then we have a little bit of fun. And so now we've been splitting the show up. And so if you guys want to come on the podcast, you'd be on 420 somewhere, our deep dive into the cannabis industry with a guest. And then uh, that's that's more of our sponsorship type of thing. Uh, and then I use the, the YouTube channel to do uh, SEO based stuff. I just had some manufacturer of hydroponic stuff wanting me to like do a video for that. I don't, I don't get into that type of stuff too much, but you know, it happens when you're doing you, YouTubes. You do. And your, your show was terrific. I enjoyed it. And I'll, I'm going to give you a really big compliment. Okay. Because not only do you host the show, but you're also the video director through StreamYard. Am I right? Yeah, I'm pushing a whole bunch of buttons while I'm doing the show. There is no freaking way I would ever be allowed to push buttons on this kind of a show, okay? There's just no way. Uh, so I appreciate, uh, I respect your uh, technical savvy on that one. Um, Miggy joins us as well. And Miggy, in the chat room, you brought up a story. I know I've read about this. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboy Cup controversy if you can give us a little background on it and then uh we can get into it a little bit go ahead yeah well i mean it really sparked my interest because that's what i do for a living i work in quality you know and, and so like this and it's a big issue with with cannabis period right talking about quality and then as you guys talked about like getting it uh grown in one state versus another state right like i always think it's kind of funny right it's like what people on the east coast don't shit Right. Like, I mean, saying like there's this parody that we're like, this side is going to be different than this side. But if you do it right and if you understand the plant and growing things, but and again, cost effectiveness is always going to be a thing. But that's a business thing. Right. I'm, I'm just talking about the plant. And so in Oklahoma uh, at the recent Cowboy Cup, I guess they brought in last year. They had issues and you guys can fill me in. I, I didn't dig much into this because when it comes to quality and it comes to testing cannabis, you get into like the biology of things, you know, and molds and pesticides and. You know, I'm very basic. I look at it. I'm like, all right, there's nothing strange in there. And there's no hairs that are not human or dog. And I'll smoke it. But like, 
you know, people really get into it. And so they found a lot of things in some of the judges. Uh, they're questioning, did, did the mold occur when it left? Did it occur when it was like not transportation wise? And I kind of find it funny because in a regulated state market, that wouldn't even be a question like here in Washington state, right? It gets packaged and, and sits on a shelf, let alone set into a, 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 a contest. So uh, I just thought it was funny that, you know, uh, the quality or at least their people felt like their shit was being torn apart through other third party testers. And, and, you know, I mean, it's just what it is. I, I you know, I, I didn't dig much after that. I don't know if you guys know more about the, uh, the can the cowboy cup situation. But uh, well, it sounds like it's very similar to what we were talking about, the, the challenges of a testing lab and uh, when that testing lab comes out and how fresh is the quality that they're testing. And and is there a um, uh, a line that every every testing lab has, you know, and, and who goes over it, and who doesn't? And are they actually I don't know, perhaps something nefarious is going on with testing labs. I'm, I'd be shocked to hear that money might be changing hands and they may be doctoring some of those results. Uh, well, Thomas, am, the, I, am I being a little, uh, I don't know, crazy? Oh, no, there's, we have news stories all over the place about people doctoring. And then uh, we haven't done uh, that episode. We should do it because it's interesting how to um, cheat a testing lab to up your THC levels, how to commit fraud on your clients. Uh, you know, not not the best business strategy. And you're actually seeing this from, as I'm a lawyer uh, it, from that type of perspective. The lawyers are like, wait a minute. So they all want to say they have the most THC so much so that they will lie about it. Sounds like we got a lawsuit on our hands, buddy. Might even be a clash of action if we do this right. And so we're seeing those out of California now. And then as other states come up and online and then they're lying about their THC numbers, that's... That's false. You know, that's that's a misrepresentation designed to sell your product. Hey, Mickey, yeah. call me crazy, but I bet you know it isn't the uh, amount of THC that you should be deciding what you buy. Am I right on that? Right, right. It, it, but, you know, in this situation, too, it's not the THC that was being uh, questioned, but it's the actual, like, molds and, and, and stuff being found in, right. in the uh, actual plant matter. So the issue here really is is uh, handling of the plant, right? Like, did they put it in a, in a nice dry area? Was it, you know, it sounds like something grew that shouldn't have been there, but it's not THC levels. But when it comes to the, the THC levels, I know labs that how they've done it is like fudge the numbers, right? So you got a gram of cannabis and then they're like, oh no, that was actually a 0.8 gram. So now you just increased your THC percentage per that measurement. So there's different ways to, to, to cheat the system. But, uh, you know, for me working in the, in the, in the calibration industry, you know, the, 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 the lack of consistency is what's really shooting us in the foot here. You know, uh, you know, to get to THC, you know, there's different ways of doing it, right? Chromatography, spectrography, each one has a different little uh, mathematical about it. And, and how do you come about it, right? Because as soon as you burn a plant, you're, you're turning it to something else. So that's one, th you know, factor in it. So if different labs are testing it in different ways, you're going to have different results as well sometimes. Yeah. Hey, I know everybody was talking a lot about the... Uh shelf life of cannabis. And literally today, I read a newsletter that I subscribe to. It's by Jackie Bryant. I don't know if any of you guys know who she is, freelance uh, journalist and now the editor of San Diego Magazine out of California. She's been a, a, on our show a few times over the last few years. And her newsletter is called The Cannabitch. Okay. That alone got my attention. And I 
certainly read some of her stories in the past. Um, first of all, congratulations, Jackie, because she admitted and, and shared with the world that she is with child, and now she's going to take a tolerance break, and she actually goes into, in this, this today's newsletter, uh, all the different ways to preserve the quality of cannabis and how best to do that, because after all, she's got a stash, just like a lot of people have, and uh, she's not going to partake during her uh, pregnancy. So first of all, congratulations, Jackie. Great column as always. If you don't know the canna bitch, I'm going out on a limb thinking if you Google canna bitch, the newsletter will come up and, and Jack with it. So any of you people know uh, Jackie by any chance? Anybody? Mm. Bueller? 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 No. Okay, well, hey, look. I'm not. Where is she out of? Uh, San Diego, because she's the editor of uh, San Diego Magazine. Why. <laughs> yeah. And uh and she's a terrific writer. She really is. Uh the thing that that brought us together is she did a story in uh about a couple in Maine that are lobster people. I call them lobster people because it doesn't matter if you're male or female. The the lobster is the lobster. And they that's their livelihood and they basically the whole premise of the new the uh newsletter was they got their lobsters high or do lobsters get high and since that's my favorite food that caught my idea i read it i thought it was really well written uh we've had her on a couple of times and uh, again i just read that today so if you google can a bitch uh right i'm pretty sure the newsletter is open for all uh you can subscribe obviously and now of course she's soliciting uh, you know, fees to to support her in her endeavors as well, like uh, everybody in this industry is doing. Um, Doug, I, I know I've uh, hadn't brought you in uh, for for a few minutes. I want to bring you back in here a little bit and and get your opinions about some of the things that we've been talking about uh, in our discussions here. Um, where, where, how long is it going to take us to get out of this cycle of recession and perhaps depression. Are you willing to go out on a limb and, and put a time figure on that? And and Josh, I'll go around the room and, and get it from you too. I would say we're looking at a good year and a half before things start to get a little bit better. Um, I tell everybody, be prepared for the next year and just make sure that you can get through it because it's gonna be rough. But yeah, at least a year and a half before the the economy really starts to shift and change around. And uh, and then by that point, we'll be obviously having another election happen. So it'll probably be around the point when somebody else takes the, takes the White House because it's this administration hasn't done any, any hasn't right. been doing a whole lot of good, we'll say. Right. I, we understand that. And uh, we also understand that the uh, outgoing governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, will not be running for president because he was not basically appointed and won uh, the presidency of the NCAA. So we, we want to congratulate. Yes, Rick, I love that look. That's exactly what I said when I read it. I was like, Charlie Baker's going to try and fix the NCAA. Um well, Rick, forget the call. You could comment on that if you want, but um, let's go back to my original premise. Are we seeing a recession, depression, and how long do you think that downturn of the economy will take place? Well, in seems like a, a seems like a big step up in pay scale from a governor to the head Huge. of the NCAA. About so five times. Of, uh, yes. Second thing is, I think cannabis is probably a not safe for work Google search based on what I know about those particular phrases in the OnlyFans network. So, you know, you might want to just be more cautious about where and when you search for that particular thing. But as far as 
is uh, looking at it's a federal relief. Um, Safe Banking Act has been so close so many times and has still disappointed us over and over and over again. Considering what what we heard earlier today from Morgan Fox, I'm just I'm just discouraged by the thought of any federal relief, which means that any kind of a, of resolution to problems is going to have to come on a state by state level, which means there'll be a lot of losers out there. There'll be a lot of people that really don't get the support that they need from the federal government. So uh, I I think we're looking at at least a year and a half to two years, as, as Doug mentioned, before we can really wipe the sweat from our brow, but it's going to be a really tough 16, 18, 20 months. Ugh. Hey, Josh, what's your feeling about it? Um, I, I think in order for, um, you know, the Phoenix to rise from, from the ashes, it's, it's going to take three to five years. And that's because a lot of the carnage needs to happen. Uh, and to, uh, Aaron's point about that counterparty risk, there's there's a lot of that that has to fall out. And David had mentioned the half a billion dollars in the top 10 MSOs in the U.S. owing taxes to the IRS. That is the canary in the coal mine. And it's not just here in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, they owe 70, almost 75 million in the U.S. That's that's uh, 172 out of 259 companies. 66% are struggling in Canada as well. So they may not owe as much to the federal government. What it's telling us is they are all failing and they had first mover advantages. They played with other people's money at, at fairly low rates and they still can't do it. So expect all of these mom and pops, 85% to go out of business, but a lot of them aren't still aren't paying themselves and able to kind of draw it out. So it's going to take about three years for that to really be obvious to everyone, anyone, and then a couple of years to uh, develop a, a new market, a new connoisseur market that we're all patiently waiting for. Patiently? I don't know about that, but uh, we're waiting for it for sure. Thomas, yeah. what's your feeling about the downturn of the economy and its impact on the cannabis industry? Uh, well, I don't think it's going to be as bad as they say. I think it will be somewhat bad. Uh, it, and I don't know what's going to happen in 2024 uh, because of the presidential election. The Safe Banking Act and federal resolution, federal guidance there, gone, completely gone. And then depending on how that 2024 election goes, could be gone for a lot longer. But, you know, for right now, for the next two years, I'm hopeful that the results and that's one of my top five stories it was Biden's executive action from October this year, the October surprise prior to the 2022 election. Another one of my top five stories, the 2022 election. I digress. But uh, I, I think that he's going to have another October surprise come 2024 and they're going to announce the results saying we recommend that in our next administration, we will reschedule can't, in our next administration. And so like they were they're saying like, hey, get rid of us at your own peril. And, and so uh, do one of those things. But for the, the S&P, yeah, it's selling off hard. I think the bear market started 12 months ago and then it has maybe about like another three to six months. And then it's pretty much washed through unless china comes back and then and then the the war in ukraine also resolves trying to keep ahead of inflation might take a little bit of time but uh, the market sold off pretty good i just don't understand where in the fundamentals and the uh, the balance sheets of the american consumers or even like most companies where are they where are they going to be underwater like repriced how it was in 2008 with real estate just taking all of real estate down 25 percent. stocks repriced much quicker 
Speaking of stocks, that's Doug, my my stock expert here. He's actually going to be joining the uh, We Talk News team and, and give us a weekly stock report on cannabis stocks in under 90 seconds. What we ask. Right. Quick and dirty, people. I know how to produce content quick and dirty and how the importance is. Where are you going, Thomas? Okay. And then uh, you make it like this so that you do the 90 seconds so you're on reels. It's they... They take they they just keep changing the media. And so it's like you, oh, you get your hands on this one. I think we understand how this one works. And then they go, Oh, you understand how it works, do you? And then they, they screw it up and they change it on you. Yeah. That's a uh 169 uh ratio that we like to uh, tell everybody to go horizontal. Doug, uh, just uh feedback on what Thomas said about the market. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean. I, I sure hope it only takes about three months. I was saying earlier, I, I see a quick run happening. It should happen after the new year. They, they're they basically at the bottom right now. They're going to go bottom top real quick, and then it's going to come crashing really hard, slow, and painful, and it's going to take a while. Is this the and East Coast skepticism I'm hearing here? I, I just call charts how I see them, and uh, I called it in 08. I called Bitcoin when it went from 60 to 20 to the hour. And I can tell you what these charts look like right now. Can anything change? Of course. What's your, what's your what's your resistance line on the S&P or which which are you, are you following the Qs? You following the S&P? Which one are you looking at? So I look at everything in general. I look at every sector across the board and I follow. I can really call anything that's going to pop. And this is the scary thing. Generally, on on average, I can hit one to three hundred percenters a day that are going to spike. And in the last five to six months, I probably hit about seven, which is just unheard of. It's kind of sad. And, uh, and I can just see the charts. They just, they want to set up and run and then they just fall down. They want to set up and run. Then they get pushed back. They want to set up and run. They come crashing back down. Every time the fed speaks, it's a disaster. It's a red day. And, uh, we had two green days this week. And on average, there should be two green, two red in a sideways day. And for the most part, they're not even two greens anymore. We have we happen to have two green days this week, but they they followed real hard with bigger sell-off red days than they were bigger green days. So it's, been, like a a, it's been a tough market. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Green Day a group? Uh, Wait, yeah, we need them to start singing. I'm so unhip, guys. Hey, Miggy, I don't want to uh, ignore you either. I want to get your feeling about, uh, in fact, I'd like an optimist to come out of the woodwork and tell me that the recession and the depression on the on the horizon is is going to be over quicker than we think. Give me something to, to grab onto. Well, I, I like hearing Doug's take. And, and actually, that's why I like working with Tom, you know, like in Josh, you know, like to me, I, I create a network of smarter people around me so I can understand the world around me. Doug, when you're talking about these uh, ups and downs and sideways, are you talking about the actual stuff on the market already, the MSOs that are out there? No, I talk about in general, everything. See, the cannabis industry is very difficult. We spoke about it the other with Gary Santos, as a matter of fact, and uh, the whole industry industry only fluctuates the, the the stock price goes up when the industry moves so if there's industry news all of them go they're not based off of if one company does well their stock generally doesn't go up a whole lot right and uh and, and right now obviously they're not really their quarterly their quarterlies aren't exactly beautiful to be making them go up but at the same time when they were producing good numbers 
it would only be the whole sector would move. You would see a Cure Leaf and Hexo, all of them go the same day. And then they would all come down at the same time too. It's, it, it's just an industry thing and it's not based off of companies or basically right. anything. Well, I find it because we, we use the word industry, but we're still talking about this federally illegal plant that there's no one stable industry, right? We have 50 different little industries that are going on. And then I'm like, how many burners are out there? There's only one. There's only one burner that I can name. The rest are true leaf and whatever the hell they are. But to your point, Jimmy, uh, you know, nothing is inflation proof, right? We all got to pay for gas and do the, the, the thing that we do. But some stuff is recession proof. And that's what I've been talking yeah, to with Tom. You know, it's like we, we went through the pandemic with COVID. You know, cannabis was, was made essential. So, you know, you're talking about a prohibition plant. People are going to be hemming and gnawing. And really, I do feel for people in the industry, but as a consumer, you know, this is uh, still a win-win for me still, you know, until I get some home grow and maybe some home delivery, but, you know, <laughs> still better than going to a street dealer. Is it though? Is it these days, guys? I mean, you know, the, the street dealer, the, the legacy market is thriving thanks to the um, mistakes, the bumps in the road of the legal rollout. Thomas, mm -hmm. I know you have something to say. Well, I think Massachusetts is doing it okay. Uh, I think New Jersey's doing it okay. It's one of these deals where it should be more like liquor and less like plutonium. And gambling is now pervasive and everywhere. You can't go. I bet that we get interrupted in five seconds for a commercial to make a bet in Vegas because that's how much gambling has come. Like I remember when I was a child and uh, you know years ago. It, it, it was illegal. You'd have to go to Vegas for gambling. Now it's everywhere. And so that kind of direction is coming for cannabis. But when will it shake itself out and have like some type of um, you know, normalcy? Decades. It's going to take decades because you're having everybody do it their own way. And then when everybody does it their own way, it's really hard to have interstate commerce and standards. So you're going to have to have the Fed speak to it for some type of regulatory uh, consensus amongst the states. And, and they did that with hemp and they still don't have the DEA approved testing that they put into it. it and and that, that's years later. And so like we might have legalization and it's still freewheeling uh, for, for, for many more years after that. And then they'll eventually come up with regulations and it'll be just like owning a restaurant or a bar or a, a cracker factory that needs to comply with uh, federal uh, food regulations. Yeah. Rick, uh, do you echo those comments by Thomas by any chance? Yeah, I sure do. In, in fact, you're you're going to see a lot of state-based actions because there will be a lack of federal oversight. And all the things he mentioned, uh, standardization, a normalization, some kind of, a, of an agreement between states, those are necessary steps before interstate commerce can happen, which I think pushes the implementation date for that off a little bit further. But the pain is felt locally. The, the recession is felt locally. It may be a national phenomenon, but it's always been the local local companies, the mom and pops that suffer for it. Wow. I'm really not- Maybe the recession will be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back because all the, the, the economic downturn, everybody will realize, well, we have to legalize it now federally, you know, to get us out of the recession. <laughs> now you're talking. Now, I like that idea because, it, you know, I think I just read another news story uh, about a state or, or somebody is allowing, uh, starting to put money into hemp as a building material. 
Did I not see that somewhere? But we all know it can be the, a building material. And I know I saw uh, a, a, um, a change in the in the direction of hemp and, and, and they're starting to recognize what it, all the positives that this plant can, can deliver to our, not just our economy, but our environment too, guys. I mean, it seems to me, you know, if, if we put some research into that plant, like we're supposed to be doing now, uh, they're going to see all sorts of, I know I saw Henry Ford make a car out of hemp in my history of hemp uh, presentations. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, actually, that, that car is still at the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. So. See that? All those little things about Michigan that I, I knew somewhere Please. in the back of my mind uh, would come out. Um, well, guys, listen, uh, everybody on this call and everybody in this Zoom room and, and who has taken part today, uh, all of you very special uh, in the in the story that continues that is pro-cannabis media. Our weekly We Talk News show, a couple of correspondents are on with us right here. And I really am proud of the effort that uh, news producer Tori Chamberlain has put in, Elena Pinto, who I think is a network quality anchor. And why she's working for us after a year is beyond me, but we love her for that reason alone. And uh, the same thing with you, Thomas and, and Rick and, and Josh as well. And, and, and I look forward to our cannabis reports in 2023 from the market, Doug, because it's obvious, um, you know, you know what you're talking about and I don't. Okay, so you're, you're definitely going to be added to, uh, to the team and I, and I appreciate that. And Miggy, you get the fan of the year every year, as far as I'm concerned. You do, you know, you're there almost every Friday in my ch in the chat room, and uh, we so appreciate that. I'm so, actually at work. That's why I can even look have you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. That is that is the way to go too. By the way, and and I love that you get your earpiece in, and nobody knows but we do. All right. So uh, this is my big holiday wrap up speech. Uh, you know, we've had a, a few hundred thousand views of our videos over the last year. I think we're up to like 280 for the year, maybe closer to 300. And I'm amazed that this old white guy can talk about weed and weed business and actually get a following. Hey, who knew? That's why this country is so great, because we can talk about it and we can also uh, share some of our knowledge with our audience. Um, last wishes. I'm going to go around the room one more time. Last wishes for 2023. Josh, what what what, what can we uh, look forward to in your world? I appreciate everything you've done for us. Oh, last wishes. I don't know. Um, get out more. Go go to an event that you haven't been to. I love that. I love that. Step out. Doug, what's your what's your uh, thought for 2023? And I'm not saying these are, you know, New Year's resolutions. I'm just saying what's your give me a positive thought. I was going to actually say just have positive energy. It's all about being having a positive attitude for everything. Yeah, the economy may not be the greatest. There's always a great opportunity for something as long as you have your eyes open and you're paying attention and you're positive. That's how things happen. Love that. Rick. Rick Thompson, uh, cannabis social equity programs. I, I really hope that people find a way to make them work in different states, and then that success solution is emulated across the nation. Isn't that a nice thought, Thomas? Oh well, I really hope that we can see you guys out there at the trade shows. I really wasn't out very much this year, uh, and I felt bad about that. But I had to run a company, and now I feel like it's going to go out of business next year. <laughs> 
don't say that. Don't it's, say uh, that. Uh, speaking uh, of trade shows, Miggy, hold your thought. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the news item, but friend of Pro Cannabis Media, Chris Walsh, the CEO of MJ Biz Daily, is now the ex-CEO of MJ Biz. He has resigned and moved on, and we don't know where and what he's doing. However, you know, uh, uh, we wish him well because uh, they've been great towards us over the years. And uh, I guarantee this last MJ BizCon will be the last one I'm not at. At least I think so, if I live so long. Mickey, 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 tell me a positive thought to send us off into 2023. Yeah, by the way, we had him on the show and a uh, really nice guy. But, he uh, is a great guy. I am looking forward to hopefully the DOJ and DOH have a statement next year, right? I mean, there's been a directive laid out there. Come on, let's get this because it's not McConnell. That's, that's right. It's it's just a federal agency, right? Just the federal agency, right? All right. Hey, uh, once again, for everybody who works on this show, Dan French and Isabel Turner, uh, I so appreciate the work you put in for all of us here. Remember, it is a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Elland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.